Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. Today we're going to be diving into another passage in Mark chapter 8. I know we've typically been doing a chapter at a time, but I thought this passage was so important that we could not miss it. The passage at hand is a well-known one. The main verse we're looking at is when Jesus says this to his disciples and to the crowd that is with him. He says to them in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, if anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So this is something I'm sure we've heard before and we've thought about before, about what it really looks like to follow Jesus, to deny yourself, to take up your cross, to follow him. And yet I think it's really important to see what Jesus is really talking about here and why in the context of the passage he feels it's so necessary to bring this up both to the crowd and to his disciples. So if you remember, in the couple of sections before this, Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida. Now what's interesting about this healing is that in comparison to just about every other healing that Jesus performs, this man is not healed immediately. He's a blind man. Jesus heals him and he says, do you see anything? And he says, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. So he regains his sight and yet his, and yet his eyes are not perfectly in focus yet. So Jesus needs to restore his eyes even further than he did in his initial healing so that he can see clearly. Immediately after this, Jesus asks his disciples who people say that he is. And after declaring to him what the people are saying, he's Elijah, he's one of the prophets, Jesus asks them, who do you say that I am? And Peter correctly declares, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Son of God. And yet, immediately, Peter shows that while he has clarity of vision on who Jesus is as the Christ, that his expectations of what this looks like are actually faulty. Because when Jesus begins to explain to him that as the Christ, as the Son of Man, he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again, Peter takes him aside and begins to rebuke him. In other gospel accounts, it even includes the fact that Peter says, This shall never happen to you, Lord. And then Jesus responds to Peter by saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So for our first point today, 
What I want to encourage you to do is focus your mind and adjust your expectations. Is your mind properly focused on the things of God or are you focusing on the things of man? What are the expectations that you have for what it means to follow Jesus? He is a suffering Savior. Jesus, in order to win victory, in order to gain your salvation, went to the cross. He came to this earth and was rejected by his own people, was not even recognized by the people around him as the creator God that he is. And so when we walk around in this world as followers of Jesus, what do we expect each day? We need to check our expectations because often if we have faulty expectations of what our Christian walk should look like, our, our life as a believer should look like, then our mind is most likely not focused on the things of God, but is focused on the things of man. If our eyes are properly focused on him, we should be expecting to suffer. We should be expecting rejection because this is exactly what Jesus experienced when he was here. And Jesus is within us if we truly believe in him. And we are going to experience the same messianic woes, the same suffering that he did. Because as Paul says in Colossians 1.24, we are filling up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ in his body. Not that Jesus' suffering was insufficient for salvation, but Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, is suffering through his body, the church, rather than his own physical body on earth as he was during his earthly ministry. So, focus your mind on the things of God. Adjust your expectations, because if you are because if your mind is not focused, if your expectations are flawed, you're going to have a very difficult time walking the Christian walk that God is truly calling his disciples to. The second thing that I want to encourage you to do today and every day is to live your life fully committed and surrendered to Jesus. We'll read our main passage again for today, for this point. Verse 34, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So immediately after Jesus corrects Peter's misunderstanding of what it means for him to be the Messiah, the Messiah doesn't suffer. The Messiah doesn't die. What are you talking about, Jesus? You're going to be rejected by the leaders of Israel. Jesus says, I need to get something clear, not only to you guys, disciples, but to all the crowds. He says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, if anyone wants to come after me, this is what you need to be willing to do as you step into this and day by day as you continue into it. If you want to come after me, if you want to be my disciple, one, you need to deny yourself. You're no longer living for yourself. Take yourself off the throne of your heart 
and put me on the throne where I should have been all along. Jesus is Lord. I am not. Jesus is King. I am not. Jesus is in charge. I am not. And so you live for Christ first and foremost. But what comes along with this as well is living for others before yourself. You are now going to live this life of self-sacrifice as Jesus did. Jesus lived for others before himself. Jesus was willing to go to the furthest extent of self-sacrifice in order to do the Father's will. Are we willing to do that? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to follow Christ's will for you today? Well, we need to be. And this is why Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus says, you need to be carrying around the horizontal cross beam that you could be crucified on today because today could be the day. Are you willing to give your life for me today? In Roman crucifixion, the criminal was required to carry his cross beam up to where he would be crucified. The main large beam would remain, but the horizontal beam that the criminal's arms would be tied to or would be nailed to was carried by him to the place of crucifixion. Jesus says, today could be the day that you have to give your life for me. Are you ready? Are you prepared for this? If we're carrying around the cross beam with us day by day, we wake up in the morning and we reaffirm our commitment to the Lord. And as we step out of bed, we take up that cross beam and carry it around with us. We are going to be ready. But if we don't live in that sort of readiness, when the time comes to step up for Jesus to defend him, to stand firm upon our commitment, we are going to falter. We are going to backpedal. So Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you need to deny yourself and take up your cross. And in doing so, be willing to go to the furthest extent of obedience, which could mean giving your life for me. Are you ready for that? So he says, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Then you can follow me. Walk in my footsteps. He is the suffering Savior, so we are going to be suffering servants. Are we prepared to do that today? Are you ready to give your life for the Lord today? Are you ready to lay down your life in the way that you live, even if it doesn't mean today is the day of martyrdom? We need to make sure that today and every day we are living our lives fully committed, fully surrendered to Jesus. I'm committed to the furthest extent, even if it means giving my life for him. I'm surrendered to Jesus because I have stepped off the throne and denied myself once again today as I have each day before because I'm living for him and not for myself. As a last point, 
I want to encourage you today and every day not to be ashamed of Jesus, of the gospel, and of his words. In a culture that is opposed to Christ, is opposed to is opposed to the exclusive message of the gospel, is opposed to righteousness and godly living, there are many opportunities for us to backpedal in our faith, to bow down in the fear of man in comparison to standing firm and standing up for the Lord. But in verses 35 through 38, we see a couple of reasons why Jesus says, don't be ashamed of me. Stand up for me. The first one in verse 35, he says, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So Jesus says, the one who lays down his life for me finds true life. If you lay down your life in this world, you die to self, you die to sin, and you live for God, you find what it means to truly live. Take this also to the furthest extent. If you have to give your life for the gospel, it's either deny Jesus and save your life physically or Stand firm and confess Jesus and give your life in martyrdom. He says the person who does that actually finds their life because throughout the rest of eternity, they're going to be with me. But what happens if you deny me? What could be valuable enough that you would say, I'd rather have this than the gospel? I want to stand up for this rather than Jesus. He says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Jesus is the only person who is able to save your soul. This is the only message by which you can be saved. So why would you deny it for anything? What would you trade for your soul? Jesus has redeemed you. What would you rather have? Jesus says, take this to the furthest extent. If you could have the whole world, but you have to forfeit your soul, then it's all worthless. In the person of Christ and in his gospel, you have found the most valuable treasure in all of the universe. And if you possess that treasure, then why would you set it to the side in shame and embarrassment because of other things in this world, because of people's opinions, because of of their view and perspective of you. Stand firm upon the truth of the gospel. Stand up for Jesus today. Finally, Jesus says, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. That's a piercing word. Are you ashamed of Jesus and his gospel? Does your life show 
that you are embarrassed about who Jesus is? Or are you willing to live boldly regardless of what other people think? Because remember, this, this generation we live in hates God. They want everything besides him. They're following their own passions and desires. Jesus calls them an adulterous and sinful generation. Are you going to be ashamed of him as you stand before them? There are eternal implications for this. We need to be willing to stand up for Jesus no matter who it is that is before us and no matter what the consequences are of standing firm for him. Brothers and sisters, this is a fitting word as we see the cultural landscape in America changing. Cultural Christianity is being pushed to the wayside. And do you know what? I am so happy about it because when there is no persecution, when there is no pushback to the message of the gospel, it's easy for people who are not really committed to the gospel to just blend into the crowd. Because when you don't have to stand firm upon the gospel and defend it and be willing to even give your own life for it, to be willing to suffer shame and embarrassment and ridicule and be fired from a job or pushed out of a social group or whatever the consequences are, if there's no possibility of that happening, then you can be a comfortable, quote-unquote, follower of Jesus without really denying yourself and living for him and picking up your cross daily. But when persecution comes, when pushback comes, you have to come to a decision point. Do I believe this or not? Am I willing to stand up for Jesus or not? Is he the Lord of my life or is he not? And so as we see the culture changing, it's a perfect time to evaluate where your heart commitment truly is with the Lord. Am I ready to give my life for him? Am I ready to withstand persecution for him? Am I going to stand up for him today? I hope the answer is yes. And we should let that show every day. Because if you take up that crossbeam today, even if it doesn't come to the point of needing to give your life for him and actually die for him, When Jesus gives the opportunity for you to declare the gospel, you're not going to be ashamed. You're going to be ready. When Jesus gives the chance for you to defend true godliness and morality in a Christian worldview from the Bible, you're going to be ready. If you deny yourself daily, pick up your cross daily, you're always going to be ready to live for him and you're not going to be ashamed. But this needs to happen daily. This is not a one-time thing. This is an every morning recalibration. Lord, I'm living for you today, not myself. Lord, I'm willing to go to the furthest extent of that commitment and even give my life for you today. And so if I'm willing to give my life for you, then Lord, every moment of the day, I'm going to live my life for you. Brothers and sisters, let that be true of us today. 
let's do something radical. Let's not continue to live a comfortable Christian life. Let's live a life that is radically committed to Him so that we can see this world changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you.